This is Late Night Cage Fight. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking about jujitsu. See it November 20th. Nick Cage, Tony Jaw, coming to theaters and your favorite streaming services. It is a trip of a movie. Thank you. What was that? It's an alien! Ah! Ah! Power sword! Taser sword! Um, this movie once again proves that uh, Cage is at his best when he's playing somebody that is a little uh, out there. I have amnesia. Like a vampire, I don't need to know you. Come with me, I'll show you. You can find me backstage, I'm a party with a Nicholas Cage. Girl, I want the party, you know you got a body like Nicholas Cage. You ain't gotta be scared, you ain't gotta be afraid, baby. It's just you and me alone tonight with Nicholas K. This is Late Night Cage Fight, the best Nicholas Cage comedy podcast, movie battle podcast in the Cage Verse. It is a very special night tonight. I'm here with Cage Fighter Sean and Cage Fighter Steve. I'm Cage Fighter Reese. We are reviewing Nick Cage's Jiu Jitsu. And I am so pumped to talk about this. I know we all are. Thank you guys for being here with me tonight. Pumped to be here. Extremely. Just remember, we're Late Night Cage Fight. You can visit our website at nickcagefight.com. We just finished our our Cage Fight finale. Which I won. Where Which Sean won. Congratulations. The, the winning... He cheated. Yeah, he did cheat. I don't know who was counting those votes, but there, were, there was some cheating happening for sure. Uh, the winning film was Vampire's Kiss. So congratulations. Thank you. Way to go, Vampires. Yeah, so now we have two winning films. Season one was Birdie. And of course, as we just said, Vampire's Kiss. And who knows what's coming up next. So... Stay tuned. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up in season three. What did you guys think about the battle? I thought, Not, uh, except for you, Sean, you won. Steve, how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly, I feel like the whole thing was rigged, and yeah, I know well, for sure that it was entirely against me. Um, aside from that, I think it was a, it was a phenomenal um, end of the season, and I was happy that we were able to get. Um, the full crew back to represent all five films from the season. Um, so I think we had a really good uh, fight, and I was really happy to have uh, Zach Walsh. There's our cage lord. Um, I think he did a great job. Yeah, he did. Shout out to Zach Walsh. Thanks for being our cage lord. It was a lot of fun. He did great. We're going to be talking about Jiu-Jitsu. This movie comes out November 20th. It's an action fantasy uh I don't know how you want to categorize this movie just yet, um, but I do want to say we are going to review this movie pretty much in full. Um, we're going to talk about our personal impressions of the movie, but we are going to avoid spoilers until the end. And there, there are really only a few spoilers, I'd say, that we want to steer clear from, but I will give you uh, an ample heads up before we get into spoiler territory. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming it's going to have something of a theatrical release, definitely streaming. So check your streaming services for jujitsu on that day. Uh, it is a rated R film 
It comes from Highland, the Highland Film Group. Um, shout out to them for letting us see this movie. It's really cool of them to do that. Directed by Dimitri Logothetis. Uh, it was also written by him, co-written by Jim McGrath. And it's got a whole host of uh, fighters slash actors, right? We have just an interesting mix of talent in this movie, for sure. I'm really disappointed that there's not a, a fighting game to go along with this. It really, it yeah. really has that feel. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about, of course, the the similarities to other movies of this genre, uh, multiple genre spanning movie, um, like Mortal Kombat. Definitely has a Mortal Kombat vibe to it. This could easily be a video game. So let's let's just uh, you know put our hands together and pray we get a uh, Nick Cage fighter. That would be sweet. You know, there's a, a Jackie Chan fighter. Is, is there? What is it? Jackie Chan Adventures for Game Boy? <laughs> I mean, that's a good one, but no, um, yeah, I, I actually have a multi-cade uh, that I had built, and one of the games that's on there is a uh-huh. Jackie Chan fighting game, which you cannot you cannot actually play as Jackie Chan. You should send me some screenshots of this. This sounds crazy, but I don't understand why you can't play as Jackie Chan. Isn't that the idea? I think he's like the boss or something. At the beginning, he... It'd be like playing Odd Job in, in GoldenEye. Everyone would yep. win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the, yeah. the Chuck Norris game. You know, there actually is a Chuck Norris yeah. game. I think it's for, like, Commodore 64 or something. <laughs> there should be a Chuck Norris uh, Walker, Texas Ranger DLC for Red Dead Redemption 2. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. It's got, it it should have happened. <laughs> now, before we jump into jujitsu, do we have some Nick Cage news, Steve? We do, actually. We do. Oh, um, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got uh, some really good news, actually. He's alive. Yeah. Yeah, he's alive. So first off, there, there's. I guess it's not really news. It's more of the rumors still. Um, but Warner Brothers is currently working on a new Flash movie. And it's rumored that uh, Nick Cage's Superman might make a cameo appearance in that movie. Oh, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna guess that's just a rumor. I mean, come on. I. But there. The, well, there's some possibilities to it because they're already planning on using Burton's uh, Batman and. Um, okay. As part of the crossover and the alternative mm-hmm. realities, so there's a there's a pretty good feeling right. that uh, Nick Cage might get his yeah. uh, his his five minutes yeah. of fame. Well, well, listen, we all could use some hope these days. So, yeah, here's hoping we get to see uh, some incarnation of the Nick Cage Superman, if even in this Flash film. That would be sweet. We we still should do a special episode about that uh, that documentary. Yeah, I'm to- I, to- I forgot about that. Let's do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent has uh-huh. a release date. <laughs> it's going to be uh, March of 2021. Oh, that's coming up. That's coming I, up. I just love so. how they got Pedro Pascal for that. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this I think is really going to be unique. Not that jujitsu isn't unique, um, or is. I'll, I'll leave that to to you all to decide. But I really believe that the unbearable weight is that unbearable weight of talent. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Of massive talent. Of massive talent. I I think it's going to be something that uh, there's a lot of hype, but it's still going to surprise us. It's going to surprise us in ways we can't even forecast. I was really fond of the of the title line that came along with that movie too. Okay, you know, from a from a Hollywood A lister to the king of B. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, that's that's definitely relevant for our conversation tonight, fellas. Yeah, there's a lot of right. bees in this movie. So the last the last bit of news is that uh, there is currently a works for a National Treasure TV series on Disney Plus, really? as well as a third National Treasure movie. Now the the, the third movie will ha- will ideally bring back the original cast. However, the Disney yeah. Plus series will be a younger cast, so Nick Cage will probably not be a part of that. Mm. His son will though. Yeah. Hopefully, Maybe. with any luck, if if there truly is a god. <laughs> okay, what else is going on, Steve? I mean, that's that's pretty much the big news. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so this is going to be our spoiler-free discussion of jujitsu. Jujitsu is described as a new sci-fi martial arts franchise from Dimitri Logo Thetis, a director producer of Kickboxer Retaliation. I-, I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys have kind of a guilty pleasure movie, uh, specifically an action movie? And-, and I'll tell you mine, for example. My guilty pleasure action movie is actually Universal Soldier Regeneration. It's part of the Universal Soldier series. Uh, came out maybe five, six, seven years ago. And it, it, it has a lot of the old actors in it, but it's it's a ridiculous story, okay? The plot is nuts, but the fighting is cool. So basically, do you have this movie where the, the action and the actors are cool enough that it's enough of a draw for you to kind of slog through just to get to the juicy parts of the movie? Well, I don't know if I would say that about this movie, but I do have a a guilty pleasure action movie that I like uh-huh. because it's hilarious. All right. And that is Dragon Ball Evolution. Come on. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Let's hear and it. And I'd like to preface it with uh, I am a pretty hardcore Dragon Ball fan. Yeah. And I knew. I don't know how you can that say that. When they announced a live-action Dragon Ball movie, uh-huh. that it was going to be complete dog shit. All right. And I saw it in theaters with that expectation, knowing that just going in to laugh at it, and that movie was fucking hilarious. In some ways, there are some parallels here: Dragon Ball Evolution and Jujitsu. Um, I would say, in the sense of uh, special effects. There are some really entertaining and interesting special effects. There are a lot of creative use of uh, low-budget special effects, some that work, some that don't. But overall, I think um, the movie, it's a movie, looks like a movie, feels like a movie. Uh, That's got it going for it. I saw the trailer and I thought to myself, there's no way that this movie is just the trailer, right? There's got to be something more to this. There's no way that this this can be it. It's so ridiculous. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, "Oh my god, this the trailer, it this is it. It feels like a whole bunch of movies thrown into a blender." Honestly, there was there was one particular genre and movie that I just kind of kept coming back to. Okay. Teenage Mutant Jiu-Jitsu Warriors Teenage Mutant Jiu-Jitsu Warriors Shredder's still the bad guy With laser powers <laughs> There it is, yeah So, 
before we talk about the bad guy, uh, I mean, Ninja Turtles, def- definitely, this is a, a team-based action film. Like I said, Mortal Kombat, uh, similar in that you have a group of heroes whose goal is essentially to save the world. So it's it's one of those kinds of, of uh, action films. It starts out just kind of intriguing. Um, I, I call this, if, if I could title this movie something else, I think I would call it, uh, I would call it Attack of the CG Shurikens. Because I tell you what, man, this movie is... Just, just it Attack is just, of the CG. It is raining shurikens. And those things hit their mark about 5% of the time. So, yeah, let, let's talk about the actual story, though. Okay, it starts out with this character named Jake. Well, I do have to say, in, in an interview that I read online, Dimitri Logothetis says the way he describes this movie is it's Jason Bourne meets the Predator. And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm telling you, though, when you watch this movie, it's it's like almost literally, literally, mm-hmm. Jason Bourne meets the Predator <laughs> to a point where there, there are parts in this movie where I felt like I was watching a Predator parody, kind of like um, uh, Scary Movie, you know, one of those types of things. <laughs> I'm just like, I cannot believe how much Predator is in this. And it really kind of starts out with the Predator element. So it takes place in Myanmar. Uh, no, Burma, actually. Well, there's there's a line in there when Jake, the main character, played by Alan Moosey, he plays this kind of, you know, he's a warrior or something who hits his head at the beginning of the film and has amnesia. Can't remember who he is. He gets taken in by U.S. forces in Myanmar, and he says something like, is this Myanmar? And she says, no, it's Burma. Mira says this, played by um, Marie Avgaropoulos. Who I thought was going to be an important character, but... Right. uh... Yeah, I... I just can I just say I love how all these army people look. They have great hair. Um, their their uniforms are just fantastic. I don't know what the hell they're doing there, Myanmar. Something with plutonium, right? And she's supposed to be interrogating this dude because they found him in this uh, you know top secret area, right? Is that why? They yeah they found him in the middle of whatever their ops are, which yeah they're all yeah. So he says the. I'm in Myanmar, I believe, and she says, no, it's Burma. And that, that kind of got me thinking, ooh, this might be kind of maybe a time travel thing because they're calling it, you know, different names. That might be clever. Yeah. Um, no. So just ignore that when you watch this. <laughs> well, I thought it had something to do with his, his amnesia maybe or something. I yeah, don't, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean, maybe it does. But, maybe I missed something. That's fine. Um, yeah. I just, my, my point is, as this movie progresses and things happen, events happen, and you try to think about them, it's best to just stop. Just stop thinking and go for the ride. There were there were what there were only really two two relevant army characters, right? There was there was her, mm-hmm. and then there was uh, Daryl, right? Tex was his name, but uh, Eddie Steeples from uh, you knew who I meant when I said Daryl, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> from, yeah. Uh, yeah. From my name is Earl. Yeah, yeah and, and Eddie Steeples kind of plays this comic relief character. He's supposed to be this translator for um, the Burmese language. And you have these, these two characters at the beginning who actually find the main character and take care of him. They're two older um, Burmese uh, a married couple. 
And so yeah, they this, ironically enough, not, not stereotypical, never used before in any other film, you know, never used like an old Asian fisherman and his wife right. that just happens yeah. to be totally cool yeah. stitching up people they yeah. find out in the wilderness. Right. And we should mention, though, that the movie does open up with Nick Cage in a Asian hat in a boat. So that's that's great. My note specifically was uh, Nick Cage in racist hat. <laughs> Nick, so Nick Cage in this movie is supposed to be kind of the Raiden character in Mortal Kombat. Am I right? He, oh, I actually had him down as Burma Clint Eastwood. There you go. <laughs> and and my boy Nick. Also Splinter. I just, Nick fights in this movie, people. I mean, he really fights in this one. I, he's doing karate. He's got the samurai sword. Um, he's doing flips. Um, don't know how much of that is him and the stunt guy, but I just, I just think to myself, it's really amusing to me that just, uh, months ago we were talking about how Nick Cage was bragging that he did a handstand in the color out of space. He was bragging mm-hmm. about doing a handstand, but in this one, he is a badass warrior who is slicing the shit out of an alien that nobody can defeat. So it's, it's pretty amazing to see that jump. Can we can we talk about how sick the opening was though? Just just like the whole the whole opening credit. Yeah, so there's this this sequence um, th- there's a very heavy comic book influence, and we'll talk more about the comic book itself uh, in a, in a little while, but um, it's kind of that, you know, what what would you say Sin City kind of thing where they have the actual comic book panels that uh, overlay the action in the film, but it's so just it's jarring because it seems like thematically it's all over the place. They're throwing, they're throwing uh, like fantasy shit at me over here. Um, there's uh, really bad um, tattoo designs over here. Warriors with weapons, dragons. It's like five minutes into this movie. I have no fucking clue what I'm watching. What is this? <laughs> Got that sick dragon with a skull that yeah. Jake has tattooed on right. his yeah. body. He's got this. I kept sick thinking the tattoo was going to be relevant as well, but it was never brought up again after that. It, it's kind of like the uh, the 1997 Beowulf film with Christopher Lambert that mm. just has a uh, sword on a magical sword on the cover that has no significance in the movie whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, these are kind of cool images, but it's just there. There's no cohesion to it at that point and then it's like well if i can't figure out what what ties this together here i'm not pretty confident about the rest of the movie and i mean it's safe to say that it's just it's a whole hodgepodge of uh stylistic ideas that don't quite gel and when they do gel it's they just kind of remind me of mortal Kombat, but in a in a good way in a good way yeah it's it's interesting though um, I, I guess I'll talk more about my criticisms later because I, I don't want to be too hard on it early on because when I'm watching this at this point, I'm super psyched. I mean, it's, it is pretty awesome to, to kind of wonder where this is all going. Uh, and and by, the time, uh, by the time we get Tony Jaw in the film, I, I'd say we're still not really clear where this is all going, but it definitely takes a, uh, it takes a leap in terms of action and excitement because Tony Jaw, I, I just want to say this right now. Are you talking to Ombach? Yeah, oh yeah. Tony Jaw, in my opinion, is the show stealer in this movie. If you are a Tony Jaw fan, this is one that you have to see. 
every action sequence with with Tony Jaw is uh it's impeccable because well we all know the guy's amazing he was for the longest time they were saying he was going to be the next uh jackie chan or bruce lee and he's you know he's ong bak and the protector and i just i was really impressed by his fighting performance in this and also with the main character as well the character jake um i didn't really like him as a character and you know the acting is kind of stilted and and dry but as a fighter you can tell that these people really do fight and train and that's something that i mean i think is necessary in a movie like this if the fighting was really bad then this movie would be insufferable impossible to watch so the fighting if if you just want to see a movie with some pretty awesome fight scenes do check it out yeah, yeah. i think in, in some cases there were there were some fights that were a little lackluster sure i mean I mean, Omak was always really good. He was good at what he did. But then there was there was a, there was a, a stack up um, fight with uh, what was it? First it was Mace Windu, and then it was uh, yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. Dude, there's there's uh, there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there is Star Wars in this for sure. The uh, so the Jujitsu, they're actually a group of fighter heroes, right? And their look, which is confusing. It is so confusing, and they wear uh, they wear a black hood. That's the thing, right? They wear a black hood. Yeah. They all look like Darth Maul cosplayers or something. I thought Tony Jaa was like Altier when he when he first showed up. Right. Yeah. Right. So let me just talk about the... There's a really long fight scene with Tony Jaa after he first shows up. He takes out all these guys. It, it's a pretty cool sequence to watch in full, but it's got some cheese to it, too. What, you know, it's like, why do these people, they have guns, but they're shooting very, very sporadically. And whenever- They only shoot when you're not currently in the middle of a combat. <laughs> yeah, and, and when they shoot, the rounds coming out of these guns, they look like World War II era artillery rounds or some shit. They're just well, yeah, so They're all big. animated. And if, did <laughs> yeah. you notice too, the blood is animated too. I know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of practical effects uh, in that yeah. sense, but um, it's still kind of a it's a cool scene how they shot it. They they took some uh, they do some interesting camera work too. They flip the camera a lot and uh, then they do a first person thing where Jake you're seeing from his perspective where he's fighting and it's like oh, you know they had the idea let's put a GoPro on on uh, the main character and you know it's it's all right. I it wasn't first it was not first person. He was holding a camera because numerous times throughout the movie, he set the camera down to continue fighting. It's true. <laughs> the, the camera kind of becomes its own organism or something because that, it's hard to describe. But uh, it's I'm just going to say this. All right. It's exciting. It's an exciting fight yeah. sequence. It yeah. does not make s much sense. Um to give it to some bit of sense, I was wondering if it was supposed to be this somewhat like out of body experience because he was still kind of coming terms with reality. Steve, I, I'm giving Steve, some uh, credit to thinking. the director. Stop thinking. I'm giving them credit. Okay. Because otherwise, it was really poorly done. It was like Doom, except fucked yeah, up. That's true. Yeah. Did you did did you ever see that movie Hardcore Henry? That was pretty much yes. like. Yeah, <laughs> it reminded me of that. And I'm sure that's where they got the inspiration. Or maybe the yeah. Dune movie. I don't know. But I first thought of Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Uh, but I actually thought that that was the, one of the top fight scenes in the whole movie, personally. I thought it was fun. And, and the other thing that, that I believe makes it more exciting is uh, this is um, Tony Jaw 
Tony Jaw's group that he trains with. They're his people. All these dudes he's fighting here, you know, that's his team. So they have trained for years to, to be able to choreograph like this. And uh, that's why it shines, I think. I'm actually curious who plays the uh, <laughs> the spaceman who's about to show up. I'm wondering if he's actually also part of Tony Jaw's team. But that was definitely a big, um, yeah, uh, as far as authenticity and creating engaging fight sequences, uh, that was smart. You mean outside of the movie, they're Tony Jaw's team? Right. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry. They, I thought you in, meant in the movie, because I was pretty no. sure that the leader of the group was actually supposed to be Jake from State Farm. <laughs> no, these uh, these actors, these performers here, martial artists, are all part of Tony Jaw's team in real life. And so I actually read in an interview that uh, they choreographed these fights and then remotely they would send it to the the director and then he would tweak it and then they would go back and they kind of had this back and forth remote um collaboration that way which is kind of interesting i'm actually yeah i'm a little surprised with that i didn't know that and i i felt personally not without knowing that i felt like sometimes they were just i don't know i didn't feel like there was a lot of group unity there but yeah. i guess that was also somewhat by design they were all supposed to be fighting one-on-one -on -one. yeah well, let, let's get to the part now where the, the team is somewhat, they're assembled. We have an action sequence with the jiu-jitsu group, right, and more soldiers. The, the first 30 minutes of this movie is pretty action-heavy. And then we get to the introduction of the alien. This alien, the way that it... <laughs> The way that it operates, it, it is Predator. I mean, it's got the... Predator Shredder. Predator Shredder. I, dude, Predator Shredder, he looks like a Melt Man from Kablam. If you ever saw Kablam way back in the day? <laughs> he's, he's, got the, he's got Zordon's face. Oh, he's Zordon. Also... Dude, it, it, it looks like... Okay, years ago, they did this huge uh, auction for old Power Rangers costumes. I remember. And now I know where that shit went, I guess, because this dude looks he looks like he could be a Power Ranger villain. Nope. Um, nope. Rubber suit. He's also, he's also part heartless. That Yeah, that was interesting. He's unique. Unique. Um, why am I even saying unique? Just interesting choices in the monster design. Uh, they, they made it not have a face, but then kind of have a face that projects itself into this, can, the glass or the, yeah. Uh, you can kind of make it out. You kind And it looks like a an orc face or something from Lord of the Rings. How would you describe this red-eyed face that I feel that like appears? I've seen that face before, but I couldn't place where I had seen it. All right, well. But it seemed vaguely familiar. Yeah. The, his, the, name, his name is Brax. His name yeah, is that's true. Braxit. Brax. Braxit. <laughs> Brax. Brax. He also there's also a comic book from the '90s called Zen. Zen, the intergalactic ninja, reminded me of that. It also reminded me of the alien from the end of Annihilation with with Natalie Portsmouth. So check no out. No Giver. Giver. Oh, thank you, Steve. I love Giver. I love the <laughs> Giver movies, dude. But as far as monster design, yeah, we got we got an alien monster thing, but it's nowhere near as frightening as the Predator. You know, we, we learn that this alien comes to our planet every six years via a comet. So Ozen's Comet. What's that? Ozen's Comet. Odin's Comet? Ozen. 
Okay, Ozen's comet. Yeah, Fire 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 Lord Ozen. Is I don't get Ozai, it. Ozai, sorry. Never mind. Whatever. Forget it. Uh, Avatar. Oh, my wife would get that joke. Yeah. So he comes here every six years to battle, uh, and he has to battle the chosen one. You guys are gonna have to correct me here because I was kind of getting lost with uh, Nick Cage's explanation. When we when we meet Nick Cage, we find out that um, he used to be part of jujitsu, and he kind of went a little crazy. We don't know if he's just pretending to be crazy or if he really is. He's a kind of a, a loon uh, who can fight. Is that is that what it was? Because I remember him talking about there being like the nine or whatever. But like I did my counts and I was pretty sure there were ten. Because you've got you've got Nick Cage, you've got Jake from State Farm, you got Ombok, Windu, <laughs> Little Mac, Whitewash, Rocksteady, Bebop, Battleaxe, Sonya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm not too sure, but my point is that Nick Cage serves as the storyteller, the game master, right? The lore master of the movie. And it's just, it's amazing, his explanation of what's going on. It just sounds like you're listening to some crazy older gentleman rattle on about, uh, I don't know, some comic book or something. Maybe that was the point. But the uh, dude. This movie is essentially the Cell Games. <laughs> so yeah, the the alien is now the focus in the movie, and it's pretty much every fight at this point is with the alien throughout the rest of the movie, and it's just it's kind of uh, mind boggling. Um, they all it seems like they all have to fight this thing one on one. There are a couple times where they'll team up, but they never really do like a full on assault against this thing. Yeah, like I said, there's there's a couple points here and there. Rocksteady and Bebop fought together. Rocksteady Bebop, so Yeah. The the dude with the with the Mohawk thing and the other yeah. big dude. I mean they one hundred percent they look just like him. They were fucking mm. Rocksteady and Bebop, man, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even right. I didn't even recognize those two characters like They from, just popped in. Yeah, they just right. kinda showed up. That's why I was confused with who the nine were, mm. right? Because like same yeah. thing with Battle Axe Sonya. She like she was there in the background and then all of a sudden she was just mm-hmm. whipping out a battle axe and fighting and yeah. didn't know where she came from, why she was part of it or not. And the and then there was the another dude that I yeah. think just Yeah, see the the movie is able to do this because of the Jason Bourne part of it where it's like, Well the main character has no memory. So he doesn't know what's going on and you don't either. So he's just as confused as you are. Just keep watching it. It'll, you know, he's got to fight a fucking alien. Just watch it. I, I honestly hated that. It's like, it's like when you're playing a story based game, but they have a silent mm. protagonist. Yeah. I hate that so much. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I really, I didn't like Jake at all. I'm going to be completely honest. I thought he was that's like why, the most boring character Jake from state farm. Because yep. it was that was how the movie started out. They were like, "Who are you?" Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Um, Jake, Jake from State Farm. Tim. Here, here's here's what I thought was kind of funny. He has this really gnarly uh, wound at the beginning, doesn't he? He slams his head into the rocks when he falls off the cliff. That's what causes his amnesia. But his hair is perfectly styled throughout the rest of the movie. 
Well, well, he he takes a uh, biotin, so uh, his uh, you know his hair and his nails uh, re- regenerates really fast. Oh, did he have that on him in his uh, yeah in his pocket? Yeah, actually, if you slow it down frame by frame, you can see him pop one like right when he before he jumps off. Yeah, when he's running from the shurikens at the beginning. Should we talk about some of these other actors in here? I mean, I know we mentioned uh, Marie Avgaropoulos. Um, she was the interrogator. She does a little bit of fighting. She she kind of reminded me of uh, it, those scenes with her and and Jake reminded me of uh, like WWE um, storylines or something. I, I don't know. She's just totally not believable as in that role but she wasn't necessarily a bad actress i just thought it was kind of a strange dialogue that they were working with and uh yeah but well, she does some fighting which is pretty cool tony jaw does a, a leg sweep on her and was like oh shit we got uh, juju chan is in this as well she fights carmen with carmen what was her weapon of choice again uh she had that uh glove with that would shoot arrows that's right didn't she have twin nunchucks? That's right. She had nunchucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And again, all these all these uh, martial artists um, are very adept uh, with with the weapons in the movie, which was really cool to see. Uh, but it's just when they're using them against the alien, I, there there are numerous moments in this movie where firearms are much more effective against uh, the alien than um, you know. Martial that's, arts that's, weapons, sticks, and that's that. That's not honorable, though. That's true. That's that's the argument, right? It has to be an honorable fight. So this alien comes to our planet looking for an honorable fight, and uh, well, let's. I guess we'll just get into the spoiler territories now, okay? So we we've kind of we've hit the point home, right? This is heavy action sci-fi movie, very much a B film. Um, Nick Cage is very wacky he does a lot of fighting in this as well uh it's something that you have to see so i i, I do recommend nick cage fans tony jaw fans fans of uh, martial arts and you know kind of low budget sci-fi movies do see this when it comes out but now we are going to talk about some of the spoilers in this movie that are just absolutely hilarious so can, uh, can i can i start please steve let's do it there's no jujitsu. <laughs> it needed to be said, right? Right. Yeah. 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 There is I think no... that's the biggest spoiler of the entire movie is that mm. the entire premise is that this alien has brought jujitsu to the world and taught it to them. Right. But clearly, jujitsu means something different in alien language than it does in what we know it as in our yes. you know, human language. Because right. there is not a single bit of jiu-jitsu in this movie whatsoever. The closest thing we get is a, a little bit of mi- mimicry of maybe some Mai Tai. I'm not mm-hmm. as familiar with that form. Um, yeah. I See, I don't know enough about that style. I mean, maybe some of the grappling and kicks. And I, You know, I'm sure that there's... Someone's going to fight back and say, well, actually, there was some jujitsu. But the point is... Yeah, there's like a move. The point is, there is no explicit focus on that karate style. Yeah. And let me just tell For you... For being the entire premises of it, and, and to have it directly called out, that the yeah. entire purpose is, he's come here 
yeah. taught us jujitsu so that he can <laughs> fight us every six years <laughs> using jujitsu. Yet, no one fights with jujitsu. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? But, right. al- but also, they are called jujitsus, mm-hmm. and their group yeah. is called jujitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Which is not confusing at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I was confused as all hell. I'll be honest. I actually thought this would be a cool idea. Uh, sorry for having the gall to do this, but wouldn't it be cool if the alien learns different martial arts styles depending on the person that it's fighting? And so it could actually, and you could even do something with the way that its helmet, the, the colors shift and stuff. It could go into different styles that it, it has learned. And jujitsu is like the ultimate style, the one that cannot be defeated. That would be a really cool idea, but they, they didn't do anything with that. That's just Taskmaster. Uh, so yeah the rest of this movie is pretty much them just trying to beat the shit out of uh, uh, one of Lord Zed's uh, minor monsters who's (laughs) come to to get an honorable fight and the spoiler here is um, so Nick Cage well let's first let's talk about Nick Cage's fight scene in his lair we uh, Jake ends up in Nick Cage's little uh, hobbit hole underground and that's where we find out that you know Nick Cage is a little his character is just a little bit out there Wiley Wiley um, he's a little kooky he likes to make newspaper hats I mean, it takes a lot of time to do that, yeah. And he has the whole line where they're fighting, and he says, uh, "Hey, get off my piano." He's he's got some pretty good quips in there. Uh, definitely a, a worth a know, watch. That's a, uh, you know, he's got a, He's got a, his favorite chair. He he uh, knew uh, knew you'd find it comfortable. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely amazing that that fight sequence too. It's just Nick Cage is so badass. I mean, he is just kicking the shit out of the much younger main character, and we find out later it's because he was the chosen one previously. Correct? Yes, he was the chosen I, one. Was it? I I don't think it it was clear whether or not he actually defeated Brax six years ago because the way that he describes it he essentially says that Brax comes to earth through the comet every six years and comes down through a portal due to a hole in the temple and he requires nine jujitsus to fight him okay he usually kills and Nick basically said that he was the one that fought him six years ago. Yeah. But if if any of the fighters refuse to fight Brax, then yeah. he will kill every person on the planet. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know that he was necessarily like that. Nick was the chosen one to be like the leader or whatever mm-hmm. thing. I, okay. I imagine I thought he was more of like one of the, the original nine from the last. Yeah. Um, and he he made some comment about how he like begged for his life, right? So I thought he was just the sole survivor from the last nine. I thought he said he got out of it by by I think tricking Brax into thinking that he was insane and he went crazy. 
Right, but I thought he said something. Of, well, I, I, I didn't think it, that he talked tricked Braxton into thinking he was crazy. I was thinking everybody else treated him like he was crazy uh-huh. because he begged for his life instead of oh. being a true jujitsu master. So that's how that, I understood it. Okay, yeah. and that's that's what got him out of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So everyone thinks that he's you know basically I don't know a coward or whatever. They don't take him seriously because he's done that but but all the other warriors were killed is that it they all were killed and then brax that's what i got out brax of it but went back through yeah. the, the the you know the portal through the comet for another six how can this shit keep happening every six years jesus yeah. and apparently it went on for thousands of years because <laughs> grandma shotgun said something about right, hey, like hey. two thousand years spoiler spoiler we already, you already called out spoilers. That's true. I, Yeah. Well, I didn't want to get to that part yet, but I'll let you reveal it when we do. I didn't... Yeah, I didn't really say anything. Okay. Grandma. Grandma. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clearing that uh, plot point up for me. I wasn't exactly clear on the uh, Brax lore. Uh, but that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, Nick Cage, though, um, yeah, you, you find out that, uh, you know, he used to do this. It's... It, he knows this rodeo and so they have to travel they have to travel to the temple to fight him right and and then the other the other important element that we discover is that uh jake actually had run he had refused to fight brax and was fleeing out of cowardice and that's when he had his accident and hit his head and stuff so and then nick says uh Maybe I could get something to eat, like a noodle or a pickle. <laughs> That's why, like I said, I was confused by the nine because it was like that point, right? That uh, that was the first time you saw Badox Sonia, and she showed up and like giving him food or whatever. And I just assumed she was like a, a you know, a, a temple shrine. Oh yeah, yeah. She's just there with her battle axe. Yeah, old triple knot, right? I saw you and I saw you and Mandy. That's why I use an axe. I was inspired. Yeah. We just have a lot of fighting, man. We have we have a lot of uh, one-on-one fights. A lot. We got uh, we got we got Rick Yoon who plays Captain Sand. I actually thought that guy was really cool and underused. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of fighting with this alien, and they don't really make much headway until. Nicolas Cage, actually. Uh, Nicolas Cage has a one-on-one with this alien, and it is a very epic sword battle. This creature, by the way, has has a sword. Um, shurikens. He has some kind of blade that also comes out on his uh, from a device on his forearm, which is very similar. He's Altair. Similar to Predator. It's an exciting fight, but we all know what's going to happen. How many times have we seen this before? The mentor is fighting the ultimate enemy. And Qui-Gon goes down. That's right. The end of Qui-Gon, the end of Cage. Cage is, uh, um, you know, it's not... It's kind of violent. Uh, He gets his um, fucking throat slit open. So Mm -hmm. he dies. Don't forget Uh, Brax's uh, heat touch. Oh, yeah. Brax has this really cool effect that he can, yeah, manipulate. Uh, Okay. Oh, my God. My brain is about to explode. How He's got these exhaust fans, too, on his chest. Reminds me of Guyver. And then, like you said, he's got this heat touch 
But we find out also in one of the last scenes, it's the last fight scene, that fire messes with his predator vision. That, w- that would have been nice to know. It, but it's so ridiculous. It's in the last scene. They're fighting, and there's this big torch or something, big thing of fire, and it gets in his face, and then he's just freaking out. Like, oh, fire! Oh, I can't see! I'm just like, this dude has been to our planet how many times? Don't they always know. fight in the temple? <laughs> yes, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't they, get it. They're literally in the same room that he comes yeah. through in. Yeah. He's like, I've never, I've never, I've never run into this before. Fire. Oh, and uh, also spoiler, but uh, Jake finds out that uh, Cage is his father. This is it. This is the big spoiler. Yeah, Nick Cage is Jake's father. Wiley, the crazy jujitsu guy, is Jake's father. How did that make you guys feel? Well, I read the comic before. Uh, so yeah, well, let's just, let's just end it then. Um, well, I've mentioned before that everybody has, uh, it seems like their own, um, weapon of choice, but uh, nobody's been, well, no, what's his name? Captain Sand, I think was able to shoot the alien at one point and stun it. They also, God, oh my God. They, they, there's one rule, right? Where they say, if you wound, if you wound Brax, and there's like five or six seconds for him to heal, and that's your window. Yeah. <laughs> Sam told him that, and then uh, Cage told him that again, right? <laughs> yes. Just remember, if you hurt him, you got five seconds before he heals. Where did they come up with this? <laughs> what kind of alien is like, I, I need five seconds to heal. Hold on. Is, is he a gun? He needs time to reload? It's just kind of obvious, right? If he's wounded and he has some kind of healing mechanism. It, that That's more of a, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I felt like that was really cheesy. I love how uh, some of the jujitsu fighters were unable to wound Brax. Yeah. But uh, the, the fisherman's wife. Uh, just yeah. like pulls out a shotgun and just like blasts him. Yeah, I made note of that that she was actually the greatest warrior in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, so the the little things like this that make me question if they were intentionally trying to be goofy and silly. Did you make Did you make note of the of the final fight yet? No. Oh, okay. Well, go right, ahead. Do, do we plan to? Yeah, I just we're, I just we're at the end of I the mean, movie. I just want to make note that the 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 move that um, Jake used during the final confrontation. Uh huh. I'm not sure if anyone noticed. No, I probably did. Um, it was a it was a shout out to a game that I think that we all enjoy. Uh huh. Still nothing. Uh, he used the fucking cross slash. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He used a full-on cross slash. Yeah. <laughs> and is that after he put the grenade inside of it? No, that was. The, I think that was before. That was before. Okay. He did. A, he did a full cross slash, and that mm. was what made the the opening uh, for yeah. uh, Daryl to throw him that or Barrett, <laughs> I guess in this case. <laughs> so, so throughout this whole movie, Jake has amnesia. And he and he's fighting Brax, 
and Brax is just kicking his ass, and Brax just starts choking him out, and Jake just just starts just just beating it while he's be- getting choked out, and uh, and then he remembers everything. So if if you have amnesia, just yeah. just auto erotic asphyxiate yourself, <laughs> and you'll there's Remember the cure. Everything. Yeah. Oh, they call that the Carradine effect. I'm sorry if you don't get that. That is a really, really low joke to make. Um, but yeah, he gets his memory back. There's one other. Do we? Do we talk? There's one other thing I want to notice. Uh, note about. I'm sorry. Well, just I just want to say there's a ham-fisted uh, love story in here as well. He falls in love with Juju Chan's Whitewash. character, Carmen. Why do you keep yeah. saying whitewash? That's what I called her. I called her whitewashed because she was the she was the the Asian love interest with like the the frosted tips from the eighties oh, uh, okay. or nineties. Sorry, yeah. So I just called her whitewashed because that's the that's the thing, right? With uh, all Asian movies and white casts. I see. I think yeah. that normally means that they are primarily white, white characters. Actors. Right. Right. Yeah. But she's but, she's a she's still an Asian character that's supposed to have a very white appearance. Okay, yeah. Steve. So All that's right. why I called her whitewashed. Sorry, sorry. You know me. I've got to. I've got to yeah. name the characters because I can't be bothered to look up their their actual actors. Yeah. So they're in love. I don't know why, but there there's there's a love story there. They get to kiss. It's beautiful, and they just grenade that dude back through its portal. And then ends a two thousand year. Epic. Did they defeat it for good? Yep. Because they blew up the portal? I don't know, because somebody said, uh, Daryl, right? He says, uh, I'll see you again in six years. Yeah, yeah. So, be ready for Jiu-Jitsu 2, 2026. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, what a trip of a movie. You know, it's... There was one other thing I wanted to note, though, about, um, Pre- Predator Shredder. So during the fight, right, he's standing in front of the fire and all of a sudden he can't see anything, right? Because of the intense heat from the fire or something. Okay. Yeah. But notice he can't see what's two feet in front of him. Mm -hmm. He also has global radar. Yes. Global radar. Yeah. Not not a local radar. It is the entire globe (laughs) that he can see. He's He's in all range mode. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Just found that one interesting. That that is. There there are a lot of uh th- yeah, questionable um things. I a lot of questions I have. I have a lot of questions about the alien itself, where it comes from, why it comes to our planet to hunt. Uh it's just I, I don't know. I mean, they fight and it's cool, and I'm glad that they have a reason to fight. I, 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 that's that's great that they're saving the world. I think it would have been nice to see this alien in action, actually pillaging and destroying um, these towns and stuff, he, so we could get a sense of he how. He doesn't do those things. What do you mean? He's here for sport. It's not a matter of pillaging and destroying or anything. This isn't saving the world. He's here for sport. He's okay, like, but uh, in, the, who, in the past. Who was the dude in DC, right? That did, did, did the same thing. Oh, uh, Darkseid? Darkseid, yeah. Oh. He, he, would just, he would just, like, hold these tournaments or whatever, and it was just, it wasn't a matter of, like, owning anything. It was just mm-hmm. a matter of, like, fighting people for fun. He's I like see. Goku. He just wants to fight strong guys. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. They should have just called yeah. it the world's strongest. Mm-hmm. That probably would have made more sense. Or the, the universe's <laughs> yeah. strongest. I don't know. It would have better been, been better than jujitsu. <laughs> so, Sean, do you want to tell us more about the comic book itself and how it compares to the movie? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, it, it's kind of interesting because this was actually a, a situation where the director uh, was the one that wrote the comic book. Yeah, you can actually get the comic... Uh, on Amazon right now, trade paperback. It's actually only one issue. I really think that they probably made the comic in order to pitch the movie because it was made all the way back in 2017. Okay. And it just ends on a cliffhanger before anything even happens, really. Does it follow the same story? Kind of. But all it really does is kind of set up the universe and then it stops before really they can even fight Brax. Um, yeah, so, and it's worth noting that I, this com- this is an indie-ass indie comic. Yeah. It has a very inconsistent, almost sporadic art style. Okay. Um, it's kind of cool, but it, it's a little hard in places to tell what's going on. It, it's kind—it's a little messy. Basically, the comic starts with uh, one day, um, Jake, who is described to be this combat vet, uh, meets this old man claiming to be his father. Um, basically, his his mother calls the police uh, on this man who they think is crazy. Uh, these three cops come to take him away and Jake basically just goes into autopilot mode and just like realizes he knows jujitsu and everything comes flooding back to him all of his memories and everything Jason Bourne Uh, well yeah well not all of his memories but he starts to remember how to fight and everything and Cage's character basically says like I'm your dad Uh, I'm your daddy yeah. He tells him the story of the comet, uh, and he essentially says that the alien first entered the atmosphere, uh, or so the alien's presence, uh, he explains it, enters the Earth's atmosphere somewhere in Brazil mm. and mind controlled a bunch of. Brazilian and Japanese men and women at, who studied and practiced jujitsu, uh, and they became the masters of the secret resistance and framers uh, for the upcoming fight with okay. Brax. Um, I'm kind of seeing how and, this and, started as a concept and then how it was drastically changed. Okay, I'm following. Yeah, yeah. So, it sounds so, slightly more interesting as a comic, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I also want to add that personally, I like my jujitsu like I like my waxings. Brazilian. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but you said Brazil, so I just thought of yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, before he explains this, Jake turns himself into the police because he feels bad about 
beating the shit out of those cops and basically Cage's character. Uh, he shouldn't. They're criminals. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that's kind of the gist of the, the comic book, right? The backstory of Jake. Yeah. And, uh, and they basically... Uh, there's another uh, uh, there's another character there um, that's another member of Jiu-Jitsu and they basically say Jake was born to bread and fight and was trained by Cage's character uh, as kind of the golden child of the resistance and uh, as overconfidence led Jake down the wrong path uh, the floating particles got into his brain and removed the jujitsu from his mental equation. So that's how he lost his memory in the comic. And, uh, and so now he basically has to retrain himself and then it ends. Yeah. It seems like a, uh, a pitch for a movie. Yeah, kind of like a storyboard yeah. pitch for a concept for a movie, which is probably what it was. Uh, all right. Right on. Would I recommend it? Not at all. No? Just just, just watch the is movie. The, is the art style in the comic similar to the comic segments we see in the movie at all? A little bit. But it's way rougher. Yeah. So... Is there any? Is I was just gonna say, is there any more reference? So the the ninth, right? There was the there was the one guy that got basically off as soon as um, as soon as Predator Shredder showed up, right? He was he, he was supposed to be the ninth. Is there any more reference as to who he was in the comic? Nope. Okay, because he was like a thirty second character, yeah. and like I actually kept getting confused between him and Little Mac. But, yeah, the the, the um, whole comic is only like twenty two pages. I don't have any details about the production, but I do have some, I do have some thoughts. I guess some some guesses. I'm I'm guessing that in order to make this movie happen, they had to bring it to uh, Tony Jaw, which is why it was filmed either in Thailand or Myanmar, um, and that's why they had to use. Or they, they chose to use the Buddhist elements, which didn't really mean anything in uh, Mortal Kombat, so I wouldn't expect it to mean anything in this one, but I just... That part of the world is very, very Buddhist. Their beliefs are, are very strong. I mean, you look at Ong Bak with Tony Jaw, that is kind of a spiritual film, right? In, in a sense, the, the spiritual part of that movie is what drives Tony Jaw's character. And it's just, I, it's so ridiculous that in one of these Buddhist temples with monks, they have this portal and they have this uh, kind of uh, mural with the alien on it. And, and in, on the mural, the alien looked like um, one of the engineers from Prometheus to me, more like that than what it actually looks like with the costume and all that. But it was, that was just ridiculous to me. Uh, I guess you want if we want to, want to call that whitewashing, Steve. But I think of of monsters, scary, fighting monsters that I really like in movies. One is Zerum, Z-E-I-R-A-M. Zerum is uh, from 
Japan, Keita Amamiya created this creature. And I highly recommend, if you want to see a movie with an, an alien monster, which is essentially a guy in a suit, coming to our planet to wreak havoc, and then uh, a hero having to save the world, check out Zerum. Um, it's a Japanese movie. It's a B-movie, but a lot of heart in it. Um, pretty cool effects for the time. You know, they, they did what they could with the budget. And then there's also a spin-off anime series called Iria. Iria, Zerum the Animation. Uh, I, I was thinking about that movie a lot during Jiu-Jitsu. I just thought of Giver. Yeah, Giver. I didn't think of Giver, but Giver is a great, a great example. I love MacGyver. He can make a make a portal out of anything. Yeah. Well, do you guys uh, recommend this movie as part of uh, Cage's Cage Verse, his filmography? What do you think? Where does it fall in line here for you all? So personally, if you're a fan of Predator. Doom, Season of the Witch. <laughs> uh huh. Keep it going. Um, Mortal oh, Kombat it keeps going. Mortal Kombat. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Power Rangers. Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. Ooh. Yeah. Um. C-SPAN. Big Lebowski. Ombak. Ombak. Scary movie. Star Wars. Toy Story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, then I think this could be then a movie. This could be it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Also include um, Jessica Jones. All right. Well. And what, what, what was the one you, you said earlier? Daryl? Daryl? Oh, uh, my name is Earl. My name is mm -hmm. Earl. I see. I recognize them from Jessica Jones. Right, he was the neighbor from Jessica Jones. That is a different actor. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> hey, you know the, the one disappointing thing about the movie that I really want to see someday is, uh, I mean, we should be happy we got Nick Cage and Tony Jaw together in a film. I want to see those two fight. Wouldn't that be sweet? Nick Cage and who? Nick Cage and Tony Jaw. That's the Muay Thai guy, the dude that the, at the beginning that had that long sequence. I, well, I understand. I'm just thinking of the two of them fighting, and how quickly Nick Cage would kick his ass. <laughs> oh, jujitsu! He's a fucking vampire. He is. That's right. Well, jujitsu. You got to see it. You got to see it to believe it. That's all I'll say. Watch the trailer if you haven't. If the trailer catches your attention for any reason, see this movie when it comes out, November 20th. Uh, it's unlike... There's one note that I totally forgot, okay. and I cannot believe it. I've looked over my notes probably a dozen times throughout this thing and thought that I had covered all okay. of them. And there's one thing that was in this movie that is truly worth mentioning. All right. Fucking iguanas. Oh, yeah. There's. I remember one iguana. Yeah, they managed to put it in again. The, uh, the fucking iguanas is is a Nick Cage staple now. Yeah. 
I swear to God, it has to Nick be. Nick Cage. Because mm. that, that was very that was very apparent. That's true. Yeah. We've noticed that. Iguanas are very common in Nick Cage movies. Uh, we, yeah. we wonder if, yeah. he, uh, if he directly requests for them to have a presence in the movies. Probably. Or maybe he brings them. Could you imagine? I, if it's like his iguana. Yeah. You know, finally, since we're still talking about Nicolas Cage, I guess that's our thing, right? Um, I just felt like... Uh, you know, he had the hair going, he had the look, but dude's getting old. Am I right? Yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah, he, he looks like he's, he's he's definitely got some weight on him. I, yeah. I mean, I could tell that, I could tell through the way that they cut that movie that um, there were, that he was definitely not involved in a lot of the, um, I don't even know that I can call it stunt work. There was a lot of like mm-hmm. things that I think if he were younger, he would still have been doing himself yeah. but just light tumbles that I think uh, he was definitely not the person in the scene we'll say this movie once again proves that uh, Cage is at his best when he's playing somebody that is a little uh, out there yeah yeah right we talked about that before if Cage has a role where um, he loses his mind or he's perceived as kind of crazy, then that gives him a lot of uh, leverage to just be silly and ad-lib and just do what he wants, basically. And that's they, they gave him that freedom, I believe, in this movie. I also read in an interview with the writer-director that Nick Cage came on board rather late in the production of this. So I don't know um, where or when, um, but I'm, most of this movie had been... I would say, uh, what am I trying to say? Put together, right, as far as the script and probably most of the other actors. And so he probably didn't have too much control over his character other than what they, they let him ad-lib, maybe. What do you think? I think I, I think that's probably the case. I mean, you know, they they probably just found out they got him and they made a lot of changes i'm sure i think that honestly originally this movie was supposed to be um bruce willis in that role and nicholas cage replaced him dude it would have been <laughs> no that's a fact actually is it really yeah there was a nicholas cage actually replaced bruce willis oh in real life too <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Wouldn't wouldn't that be funny if they did a Die Hard reboot with Nick Cage? That would be. Maybe that's what this is. Yeah, I don't know what this is. It's a whole lot of uh, many things. And actually, actually, it reminds me of another Japanese movie called Returner. Check that one out. Returner is a mix of uh, Transformers, um, Terminator, Matrix. But that, that movie is pretty enjoyable. Yeah. I like that one. Also, you do know this movie was entirely shot in six weeks. <laughs> Dude, I believe it. And Nick Cage was actually only part of the shooting for the first five days. Oh, really? Interesting. Trivia. Yeah. So, Jiu-Jitsu, wh- where do you guys think this falls in the, the Nick Cage uh, rankings? You think it's going to be a contender way down the road? 
I mean, honestly, I have not been keeping up with my modern day Nick Cage film releases. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm trying to keep myself as fresh and relevant as I can mm-hmm. when we get to that point in our sure series. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you that my opinion mm. from what I'm seeing in our current Nick Cage yeah. level is that he's, mm. I, I mean, contender, yes. Winner. Sure. I, I'm just going to say, uh, I don't think it's anywhere close to Mandy. No. But yeah. I kind of like it a little more than Colorado Space in terms of Cage's performance, just for the fact that... Yeah. Uh, he does some fighting. I I like it better than both personally, just because of his his uh, comedic relief. I think he's okay. He's he's, he's much more fun and engaging character in this movie yeah. than either one of those, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but I think that's somewhat my opinion based on movie genres. Maybe. All right. Well, maybe if I get it. It can't touch the Croods, too, though. That's probably oh, true. No. The Croods, too. Yeah, so so this was our very in-depth uh, review of Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, it comes out November 20th, as I said before. Um, yeah, it's, it's Jiu-Jitsu. something. The only, it's the only martial arts movie with no martial arts. Well, what do you mean? It's full of martial arts. I'm sorry. The only Jiu-Jitsu movie with no Jiu-Jitsu. What do you mean, Steve? Jujitsu is the there name. There is of... no jujitsu in this movie. But what, there are that's plenty the of jujitsus. Yeah, there's jujitsus. There's nine of them. I'm sorry, I didn't realize this is this is. I didn't realize I was being anti-Semitic. My problem. My bad. So be sure to see jujitsu November twentieth. Stars Nick Cage, Tony Jaw, a whole bunch of uh, martial artists. Sci-fi action film. It is a like I said before, a blending of a lot of other action films that you've definitely seen, know, and love. So uh, check it out. I think it might have a limited theatrical release. Uh, You will be able to stream it probably on all your favorite streaming services. Thanks for joining us. We are Late Night Cage Fight. Coming up... um, We're talking about maybe having a Christmas special. We do plan to start season three uh, early next year. Well, stay tuned next month. We plan to do a, an episode of a, a new series that we want to reveal called Kitty Cage, where we look at some of Nicolas Cage's famous family roles. And the movie that we want to start with is, of course, A Christmas Carol. Stay tuned for that. And then um, we may also have a very special cageless Christmas. Um, We don't want to reveal too much at this point, but let's just say it's going to be an exciting conversation. And again, stay tuned for season three of Late Night Cage Fight. Check us out and uh, all of our podcast episodes at nickcagefight.com. We're very excited to keep the cage verse going. It's very important that we that we keep doing this, and it's it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you, Cage Fighter Steve, Cage Fighter Sean. You keep the cage light alive. You shine like the the sun, and you just are amazing. And I just thank you so much for coming here tonight to to discuss jujitsu and it's very very much a holy uh religious experience wouldn't you agree how to get burned
I don't know how it got burned, Steve. Are you are you uh, making toast? No. Oh, okay. Thanks, thanks, Sean. Thank you for uh, for having me.